give myself away so you can use me. These are words of commitment. They're words of dedication. They're words that we often need to remind ourselves are words that God desperately wants to hear from us because he's a God who has given himself away for us. And so when he invites us to return his love that he's given us through his son Jesus, it's, a, it's an opportunity for us, no matter where we've been or no matter what we've done, to renew our commitment to him as his followers, as his people, as disciples of his son, Jesus Christ. And today's topic is a, going to be a reminder for us about this importance of these times of commitment and renewal in our lives. In many ways, this season of life in our church is about rededicating ourselves as a faith community to God's plans and to God's purposes, to seek Christ as priority in our lives, but then to seek Christ's priorities in the world with how we put our faith into action, both individually and as a faith community. Uh, this is one of our preview services. If you've seen the signs out there, one of the things that we're doing is we're experimenting a little bit with what is it going to look like for us as a church to come together across the generations to have one style of worship, to be able to worship together intergenerationally, to recognize that God has called us to unite together, to commit to one another to be his church in this place. And so we join you, or we invite you to join us on this journey into the future of Faith Covenant Church as we just seek God's guidance and his presence and power for our lives. If you're visiting with us today, uh, a special welcome to you. We'd love to get to know you better. Uh, this is kind of a, a big day for us. We're going to have a, a meeting, a celebration over in Snelling Hall, as Dick shared, and we'd encourage you to come over and join us for that if you like. It's a great way to find out a little bit more about the heartbeat of who we are as a faith community and what we believe God is calling us to do in the future. But at minimum, if you'd uh, fill out one of those Connect cards in the uh, seat backs in front of you, turn them in at our Welcome Center, and we'd love to give you a, just a small gift as our way of saying thank you for coming out to church today. As I've said, we are going through this series called Faith in Action that is a reminder for us that, that our faith isn't just an intellectual ascent that says, yeah, we believe God is real. We, we believe Jesus died for our sins, but, but it's an invitation to respond to that truth in God's word and to put our faith into action so we step out on this journey that God calls us on as followers of Jesus Christ. One of the things we've been recognizing in this series, though, is that on this journey of faith with God, God sometimes calls us to these critical moments where difficult decisions need to be made, these crossroad moments in our lives where we have to choose whether we're going to put our trust fully in God to, to see us through. We're going to put all of our eggs into the basket of Christ's love and his power for us, or if we're going to shrink back in fear or anxiety or a desire to go our own way and to maintain control in our own lives. These are the times when God challenges us to put our faith into action. In the story that we've been following of the Exodus, and particularly the, the people that Joshua was leading after Moses passed on to, to cross the Jordan River and to go into the promised land, we've seen a new generation who has risen up to say yes to God and to be led across the Jordan River and into the land of Canaan, the, the promised land that God had promised to his people. And we've seen that as they have said yes to God, the presence and the power of God has shown up in seemingly miraculous ways so that they understand that it's not by their own strength and power that they're accomplishing the things God is calling them to do, 
but it's because God is with them and God has promised that he would be their God if they would be his people. Even though if you continue in the story in chapters 7 and 8 of Joshua, we see that uh, mistakes continue to be made, the people aren't perfect, uh, but it's God's faithfulness and his mercy that continues to allow them to come back again and again to renew their commitment and to renew their covenant with God, putting their faith back in God even when times don't go the way that they expect. And as we wrap up our series today, the story will continue. But I I thought it would be appropriate for us today on this uh, day where we have a a congregational meeting and a celebration and we have a chance to come together as a faith community to, in a sense, renew our commitment to God as a community. To close with Joshua 8, verses 30 through 35. And as we look at this story, I'm going to suggest for us that one of the most important aspects of putting our faith into action is captured in this segment of the story, of living a promised land life, as Max Lucado puts it in his book, Glory Days, that one of the most important things that we can do as followers of Jesus Christ and as God's people to put our faith into action is to understand the critical, essential, important piece of intentionally pursuing rest and renewal in our lives. Would you turn with me to Joshua chapter 8, verses 30 to 35. We'll have it on the screens for you as well. After the people of Israel had crossed the Jordan and won the big battle at Jericho, and then the subsequent battle at Ai, it says in verse 30 that Joshua built on Mount Ebal an altar to the Lord, the God of Israel. As Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded the Israelites, he built it according to what is written in the book of the law of Moses, an altar of uncut stones on which no iron tool has been used. Scholars suggest that this signifies the holiness and the purity of God. On it, they offered to the Lord burnt offerings and sacrificed fellowship offerings. There, in the presence of the Israelites, Joshua wrote on stones a copy of the law of Moses. All the Israelites with their elders, officials, and judges were standing on both sides of the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, facing the Levitical priests who carried it. Both the foreigners living among them and the native-born were there. Half of the people stood in front of Mount Gerizim and half of them in front of Mount Ebal, as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had formerly commanded when he gave instructions to bless the people of Israel." Afterward, Joshua read all the words of the law, the blessings and the curses, just as is it written in the book of the law. There was not a word of all that Moses had commanded that Joshua did not read to the whole assembly of Israel, including the women and the children and the foreigners who lived among them. Would you pray with me again? God, as we take in this picture of the people of God coming together in worship to rededicate themselves to you. Would you allow this story to seep into our hearts and into our minds, helping us to gain a picture of how you want us to continually be intentional about coming back to renew our commitment and our covenant relationship with you as well. Would you speak to us through your word this morning about your desire to spend time with us, to not only have us be in your word, but to experience the blessing of your presence in our lives. And we will thank you and praise you through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. 
As we can see here, scholars suggest that what we're seeing is the unfolding of what they call a covenant renewal ceremony. It's an intentional time that Moses had left instructions about for the people to come together periodically and acknowledge that, you know, they aren't going to live this thing out perfectly. They're going to make mistakes along the way. And, And the covenant that was made with the people in the last generation has to be recaptured and re grabbed onto, reconnected with, with the new generation. It's a generational thing that needs to be passed down from one generation to the next. And having these formal ceremonies where you bring all the people together and you have not only uh, the guests, but you have the, the old timers there and you have the children there and you have the leaders as well as the common people, everybody together participating in this ceremony is a signal to generation after generation of the essential nature of intentionally setting aside time to focus our hearts and our minds on God and to renew our commitment and our covenant in relationship with him, both individually and as a people. Let's quickly just kind of go through the scene and look at some of the key elements. And then I just have a a couple suggestions for us this morning. In this scene as a covenant renewal ceremony, as we said, all of the people are there. And, and they are, it signifies that they are united together as a, as a family, as a single unit. It's the unity of the people all standing before God together. And Joshua, like Moses before him, takes the time to write out the words of God, the instructions of Moses before the people, signaling the essential nature of this writing, these, these documents, which in a sense kind of become the, in our modern language, the constitution for the nation of Israel. These are the words, this is the, the document that, only, that not only gives them a sense of identity, but becomes their marching orders for how they are to live together in community as they follow God as a people. Their future hangs on their obedience to these instructions as their part of the covenant relationship with God. But he not only writes it, then he also stands up and reads the entire thing out loud for the people. You see, not, not only is it important that we understand the letter of the law, but it's important that we are hearers of God's word as well, that, that we hear the word of God preached and spoken about and read, and that we spend time allowing God's word to soak into us by being hearers that allows that word to refresh our soul. Capture this image, right? Picture the scene, standing on both sides of the Ark of the Covenant, between two mountains. In in fact, you know, let's... Google Earth is amazing. Have you guys spent any time on Google Earth and all this 3D imaging? I took some time just to capture some 3D images of this location called Shechem, uh, where they did this. But okay, so here you have... Oh, and I have my handy-dandy pointer here. So so here you have Israel, Mediterranean Sea over here, the, the Dead Sea here. Here's the Jordan River running right up here. And if we zoom in a little bit... You can see here's where they crossed. Here's Jericho. You can't quite read that. The camp at Gilgal is right over here where they camped when they first crossed. And then see this city up here called Nablus? That in ancient days was Shechem. So they did a 20-mile hike through the mountains to this place where Moses had commanded them to go for this special ceremony. We can zoom in on Nablus there. You can see that here you have Mount Ebal where... Joshua built the altar, and over here you have Mount Gerizim, and scholars suggest that this 
bowl here creates a, a natural amphitheater where the, the audio acoustics, actually, you can stand on one side, and if he was reading the entire word of, of God, all the people would be able to hear it right in, in this area here. I think we can zoom in one more. Okay, this is an overview, so Mount Ebal and Mount Gerizim over here, so you can imagine all the people here in this area gathered to worship God. And then one more, I think we have. Isn't this imaging amazing? So, you know, these aren't uh, Mount Rainier mountains, <laughs> but they're mountains, right? So two to 3,000 feet on each side, this natural amphitheater, and, and instead of the modern buildings of Nablus, we could imagine being filled with the people of Israel who have come together to gather to hear God's word read. And, and the thing that I want us not to miss is it, it, where it says, Moses commanded these instructions for what to do in blessing the people of Israel. See, it wasn't just them coming to, to give their commitment to God. They also understood that as they chose to give themselves away to God again, that that opened the door to receiving God's blessing in a whole new way in their lives as well. This is a ceremony of covenant renewal, but it's also a ceremony of the blessing of God's people. One commentator, Robert Hubbard Jr., says, said it this way. I thought this was beautiful. As the words of Joshua's reading cascade like a waterfall down on the people below, they drench them in the power of God to bless them. Isn't that awesome? As the words of Joshua cascade down on the people below, they drench them in the power of God to bless them. How do you feel this morning you, would you feel like you're in need of some blessing in your life? Would you love the word of God to, to cascade down on you like a waterfall in a way that, that brings a sense of refreshment and renewal and enjoyment of God? I know I do. And yet, how often do we not take the time to intentionally create opportunities for us to do just this kind of thing, to, to spend time in God's presence renewing our commitment to him, but then allowing the voice of his spirit through the word of God to bless us and to renew us from the inside out. In the instructions of Moses, it says they were listed both blessings and curses. And if you go and read through the Old Testament law, the law is filled with, uh, if you do this, then this will happen. But if you don't do this, then this will happen. And it clearly marks out the results of either choosing to follow God or to not follow God's word. And so this is a part of their covenant commitment is to say, yes, we are going to follow what God has said is going to be a blessing to us. And we know if we choose not to, which he's given us the freedom, to do, we can also expect that that blessing will not be there, and we might experience some negative consequences of those choices that we've made as well. It's intended to be a time, though, where the people are recommitting themselves to recognizing that in order to live a promised land life, they have to understand that the, the power to succeed in that comes only from their ongoing commitment and connection to the God who made them and the God who called them. See, this covenant is, is a relationship that binds God to his people. Uh, scholars suggest the Old Testament formula for this kind of covenant making is God comes and says, I will be your God and you will be my people. And he suggests it's not, a, it's not a, an idea of two co-equals coming to make a mutual agreement, right? This is the creator of the universe 
the God of all, the, the, the mighty fortress who comes to human beings and says, if you're willing, I will be your God and I will make you to be my people. And, and it's in that humble coming before God, acknowledging that he is God and that we are not, that gives us the permission to allow his blessing to flow in our lives, recognizing that we can't do it in our own strength. We don't have the wisdom and the strength to be able to live the kind of life that he wants us to live apart from his presence and his spirit. The instruction that Moses gave, this law was given as God's word to, to help understand that this is a, a mutual agreement that God has chosen to make with us and it comes to us as a gift that we can choose to receive. So what can we learn about this amazing picture, this story of the people of Israel coming together to worship in this unique place? I, I'd like to suggest that for us, we too need intentional times of renewal in our lives. We need time to, to, to focus ourselves on how do we get reconnected with God if we've gotten off track in our spiritual walk with him. And we need to take time periodically to, to renew our relationship with God together as his people. That's a part of what it means for us to be the church, is that we come together to say, yes, we as a people, unified as a body, are together committing ourselves to live this promised land life together. In the New Testament, we can see a similar understanding of what it means to be the church as a body, right? Right? What the Apostle Paul said is that Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Yes, God gave himself up for you and for me individually, but, but in, in a mysterious way, by saying yes to Jesus, we are enfolded into a community of people where God's spirit lives, and coming together as those people to acknowledge our covenant with God is an important part of experiencing that renewal of our faith as well. If you remember, Jesus prayed for his disciples in John 17 that they would be one even as he and the Father were one. This idea of coming together in, in an intentional way to, to allow the word of God to transform us from the inside out and, and to allow our spirits to be refreshed is an important part of living life in the promised land. Commentator Robert Hubbard Jr. suggests that this corporate understanding of the people of God helps to explain the importance of renewal in our lives. Each generation of the collective church must truly understand and agree to those terms. And as we said earlier, if we don't build these milestone experiences into our life and invite our children and our friends to experience them, how will they have the opportunity to come and make these same kinds of commitments in their lives? So if you are in need of renewal personally this morning, for us individually, I, I'd like to suggest that it's essential that we recognize the direct connection between rest and renewal in worship. We can spend our times filling our calendars with work and play and relationships and all the things that we want to do, and we can miss the whole point that God also needs us to, to set aside time to simply rest in his presence. I love how Greg invited us uh, in that last song to be able to simply just rest and allow God's spirit to come and refresh us this morning. How many of us are able to intentionally 
put that kind of time into our calendars in any given week. I know it's hard for me. I've shared this with you before. One of the challenges we have as a staff is to, to pick one day a month that's kind of a personal Sabbath day where you can't stay at home, you can't come into the office. Your job is to go find a place where you can connect with God and spend some time intentionally allowing the Spirit of God and the Word of God to soak into you again so you can f- find refreshment and renewal. And you know what? It's hard. We, we, we're not very good at keeping consistent with that because something always comes up, right? You put it on the calendar and, and an emergency happens. Well, I'll do it next week and I'll do it next week. And, you know, we talked about this in the series too. You know, we are in a, a spiritual battle. There, there's an enemy that would love nothing more than to see us get so busy and hectic in our lives that we just don't even have time for God. So one of the things that we can do to put our faith into action is to become very intentional about setting aside that time for God alone. Because not only is it something that God desires, but what we recognize is it's something we desperately need if we want to experience blessing and renewal in our lives. The biblical idea of Sabbath is just this idea that, that God had intended there to be a rhythm to our lives where at least once a week we were taking time to, to set aside time for God, to, to worship and recognize that life doesn't come from the frantic busyness of our lives, but it comes from the blessing and the overflow of God's Spirit in our lives. Sabbath is a time to renew our sense of harmony with God. It's about rediscovering that, that peace in God comes only from spending time with God and allowing his word to be in our lives. So how how might we do this? If you're in need of renewal, if you are desperate for some blessing in your life, I would simply say, look at your calendar and and pick one time where you can say, okay, God, I'm going to give this to you and I'm going to go somewhere. Again, I would recommend don't stay at home. Don't go to work. Find some place. Go to Northwest Trek or go walk at the zoo or go to Point Defiance Park. Get out in nature uh, or, or go downtown Seattle if you like being around people and just walk around and allow the Spirit of God to, to soak into you in a fresh new way. I, I think that if we could do this periodically, we would find so much more energy and spiritual vitality in our life with Jesus that that we would have a lot more ability to overflow in our lives to others around us. The second thing is when you do that, commit to reading God's word. Allow the word of God to be your guide for that time with God. We know that the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. If, If we want to do real spiritual battle in our lives, we need to allow the word of God to be used by the Spirit of God to bring that healing and that surgical kind of splitting between the joints and the marrow, right? To get to the nitty-gritty of what we desperately need in our lives that only God can do. And then the third thing is, I would suggest, be willing to make a fresh start with God. God is full of mercy and grace, and he knows that we're not going to do it perfectly. He knows that we make mistakes. But you know what? He is always willing to give us a fresh start if we're willing to truly allow his word and his spirit to guide us into that next season of life with him. Now, we can do that each week as part of our worship here, right? In some ways, that's kind of what church is all about. We at least have one moment a week where we can come and we can hear the word of God. We can be reminded of God's love for us and we can recommit ourselves to him. And, and that's an important part of our rhythm. But I'd suggest that we need to do this individually and personally as well. If we're, if we're not taking the time 
to, to make time for God, it's really easy to miss the blessing that he has for us that can only come from his spirit. So Moses left instructions for the blessing of God's people, right? They didn't just randomly go, hey, this looks like a great spot. Why don't we stop here and just kind of come up with something? Moses said, you have to have an intentional plan for how to reenact your relationship with God and to receive God's blessing. And and I'm simply saying that maybe we need to be as intentional as the people of Israel were. Pick a place. Have a plan. Decide what you're going to do with your time. Put it on the calendar. Share it with your friends so you have some personal accountability and people can say, hey, how did your personal Sabbath retreat day go? Well... (laughs) But it's the intentionality that makes all the difference. Because we can have all the wonderful ideas about how we want to dedicate ourselves to God and take action in moving forward in our relationship. But unless we have an intentional plan and we put it on the calendar and we invest the time and energy in it, into it, it simply just remains a good idea. We also need to be doing this, I'd suggest, as a church. Are there times where we as a church are coming together as a whole church, as a united body, to say we are God's people and we are going to recommit ourselves to following him. Now again, we can do that in church on Sunday mornings and and I, I think it's kind of neat that we have this passage on this day as we wrap up our series because in many ways our congregational meeting today is one of those moments where we can come together to recommit ourselves as a unified body that we are following God and that we are pursuing his priorities in the world. See, recommitting our commitment to God and to his word is part of what reignites his passion in us as believers. Reengaging with his spirit is what allows us to have the presence and the power of God to cross over the Jordan River challenges in our own lives, to to pursue those Jericho-level battles that we have to fight, and, and to be able to come and find those places of rest and renewal are an essential part of having a long-term, sustainable relationship with God and with one another as a church. Scholars suggest that there's some key biblical elements of a renewal ceremony. And I, I kind of looked at these, and as I was thinking these through, in many ways, we've kind of been living into a season of renewal here at Faith Covenant Church. The first piece of a renewal ceremony is a review of the past. It's taking time to look back and be honest about where we've been and, and, and the choices that we've made and the results that we've seen. And to be able to be honest before God and others that maybe we haven't always done it perfectly, but acknowledging where God has been faithful to us and celebrating God's goodness even in spite of our own mistakes. Then there's a, a call to renewal, uh, an invitation to, to let the past now go and to, to enter into a new, fresh start with God, which then leads into a, a confession of sin and saying, okay, God, yes, we are not perfect and we've made mistakes, but we know that you are a good God and that we put our trust in you again and we receive your forgiveness as a, only a gift that you can give. And then there's a solemn reaffirmation that the future is God's and that we give ourselves away to God and that whatever our future will be, it will be because God is leading us and it's his power at work in our lives. And then there's a record of the event. Uh, There's writing on stones. There's some kind of a recording that says this event was significant and we've recorded it. And then it, it ends with some kind of a symbol as a reminder 
that that event has happened. And we've kind of been doing that through this series, right? We have the words of commitment that we shared with the people with Joshua. Whatever you command us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. And then we got to tie red rope uh, strings, connection things together to create a rope, right? With Rahab and, and, and say, our, our faith is only through the red rope hope of Jesus' blood that was shed for us. And without that, we know that we have nothing. And then to come together and to, to build an altar of stones as our stones of remembrance, knowing that God has been faithful in the past. And because of that, he will be faithful in the future. And in this process, God has met us here. And we have raised, I think it's called an Ebenezer, right? A stone altar. Here I've raised my Ebenezer. We've raised an altar of stone reminding us of God's faithfulness and his goodness to us. See, the Bible clearly teaches us that we have to understand that as Christians, we not only have the word of God written down for us, but we have the word of God incarnate living with us. Jesus Christ came as the living word of God. And we also know that the word of God in the hands of the spirit of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. The very power of the word of God in the hands of the spirit is what will uh, allow us to live into the truth of God's call on our lives. The word of God gives us powerful words, Hubbard says in his commentary, with which to unleash the quiet, gentle, healing, surgical work of the Spirit. If you're in need of blessing this morning, if you are hungry and thirsty for renewal, allow the Word of God, the living Word, Jesus Christ, through the power of the Spirit, to use the words of God to do a healing work in your life today, this week, in the months ahead. Commit to spend time with God, reading his word, maybe journaling and allowing this voice of the spirit to cut through all of the many voices that are screaming into our ears and screaming into our lives to pay attention to them because there is nothing more desperately needed in your life and in my life than the voice of the spirit letting us know that God loves you and God cares about you, and he wants nothing more than for you to personally experience the freedom of the promised land life with him. But the first and most important thing is that we spend time with him, dedicating ourselves to his purposes and allowing his blessing to be what brings us hope in our lives. In order to experience the promised land life, Lucado tells us in his book, we need to be intentional about hearing God's word and responding to his voice as a voice to us. In this season, in the days ahead, may we not only be hearers of God, God's word, but people who become doers of God's word. And I would suggest for us this morning that to be a doer of God's word sometimes means that we have to do less and we have to rest more in God's presence. And that taking the time to be active resters in God's presence is one of the most important things that we can do for our faith and our walk with Christ. We need to encourage one another in this. We need to be good at challenging each other to find those times of rest and renewal. We need to help one another be intentional about this in our personal lives and as a church body. And we need to join together periodically in renewing our commitment to God, to Jesus Christ as his body in this place. 
And that's one of the things that we're going to do today at our congregational meeting. So I invite you to come and join us after the service is over, over there, and, and be a part of this body experience where we seek God's presence and priorities together. But the other way that we can do that as Christ's body is coming to Holy Communion. Jesus set up communion as a time for us to be united together as his body in this place, to be reminded of his gift of his own life, and to invite us to come and spend time with him. I'd like to close this morning with Jesus' words from Matthew eleven, twenty-eight to 30. Jesus said, come to me, all you that are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we desperately need your rest in our lives. We need the renewing power of your spirit to wash over us. We need to experience your blessing in new and powerful ways. God, give us the courage to set aside the time to intentionally come into your presence, to spend time in your word, and most importantly, to hear the voice of your spirit in our lives. And give us the courage to renew our commitment to you, to say yes to God, to follow you in this season, whether it's crossing the river, whether it's fighting the Jericho battles, or whether it's the biggest battle of all is to intentionally take time to rest in you in our lives. God, would you give us the courage to be able to put our faith into action? We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.